Friday, like Chris said. You got plans? I know you got your 4 o'clock dinner, but what are you going to – what are you doing? You know what I consider doing for the first time in a long time, Sleep? What do you got? I may take in a movie for the first time in a million years. Did that motivate you yesterday, going through all those action movies? A little bit. It, yeah. And we, it, so – because TV is so different than it used to be, right? There's all these ads for movies that you can actually pull up on your TV that are new movies that mm. you've not been released and everything else. But I'm thinking, you know what would not be bad? Go to one of those movie theaters where you can get a drink and get something to eat and just sit and watch a movie, nice air-conditioned, dark. Doesn't that sound like something that we haven't got to do for a super long time that I sounds was, awesome? I, I was always a big fan of movies. I, I love going to a theater. You're right? Just kind of like a couple hours killing it that way or grab yeah. some dinner beforehand and then go to a movie. I'm with you. I, I think that's great. Uh, so this weekend, what are you going to say? And, well, I was going to say, and you could go get dinner, and then you could still get a matinee on the movie prices. So you're, you've got it covered both ways. <laughs> you get an I, early well, bird dinner. Well, here's the thing. I always catch I always catch it. 4.30 movie is when I catch. So I do dinner first, and then I catch the 4.30 movie. <laughs> There's nobody of, in the theater. Yeah. Speaking of, and I, I always like the bleed over Ask Sleaze because there's always more good ones than we have time to get into. Mm-hmm. And Big E has a good one that we need to read. Does Slee walk into a bar at 4 p.m. and ask for a nightcap? <laughs> um, I'll take hey, is this, it, it, rocks. It, it's 5 p.m. Last call. What do you guys do with last call? Should I, should I order up? Um, I'm thinking I'd like to get two. I know we're getting close. Can I just get? Uh, can you just bring me two at the same time? Kitchen closed or what's the deal? Still got no, time we for appetizers yet, sir. It's not closed. It hasn't. It hasn't started. What are we in Vegas? <laughs> By the way, um, we we are getting more people. This dude Hovic on Twitter says Apple Core Vodka, great to the core. And it just has a piece of apple that just the core remaining. A lot of people did not like our take about uh, eating the whole apple, except one uh, George uh, Brionis of the radio station here. Yeah. Hit me with a text yesterday. So, oh, and I eat the whole apple with the core. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that don't want to admit it that are kind of quietly coming out. So Jorge is another one that has very sharp and accurate food sense. He, he, he and I align on a lot of things when it comes to the the only, the only th- place where we go kind of and, – and here here's how you know that he's on my side for a lot of things and I'm on his side for a lot of things. When I gave my very controversial tamale opinion, he backed me up on it. He said, you know what? Yeah, yeah. And and that's – you know, Jorge, Jorge has – What's your tamale opinion? I don't like it's not It's not a good opinion. It's I don't like it. That's not because the right the answer. And, and That's look, not the before, right answer. Before I get all the tweets from everybody, I'm sure your grandmothers are delicious. I'm sure your moms are delicious and all those things. And believe it or not, look at me. I didn't eat one tamale and come to this opinion. Okay, I've eaten dozens of them from other people's grandmothers, right, from other people's moms and sisters. Tamales are solid. Nah, tamales are tamale. solid. Yeah, if you like to just eat a big ball of dough, then a tamale is a great food choice. That, it's, that it's actually sounds... It's a really sounds... sweet thing to do. Hey, um, is there any way you could make me like a super flavorless lump of masa and steam it so it's this weird consistency? Can you can you make me like a dozen of those? It would be a great way. The disrespect. disrespect. The disrespect. No, it's not disrespect. It's It's accurate is what it is. So anyway, Jorge backs me up on that, so I feel pretty good about that. All right. So yesterday they had an event at SoFi, and it drew a ton yep. of people. Hey, let me back up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have you had this moment? And, and for if anybody wants to call and weigh on this, I'd love to hear their thing too, 877-710-ESPN. How often are you watching a game? Was it a Clipper game last night or the Bucks and the Nets and anything? And you just look around and go, oh, my goodness. 
that building's full. How good does that look and how good does that feel? Because hearing about 30,000 people at SoFi, just let me think, you know, we're a week away from Dodger Stadium being full again. I just, it feels so good to see people in the stands again. You know, you can make you can make an argument and say, okay, just being back at arenas or being back at a football stadium, like, oh my gosh, what a great atmosphere. I'm so glad to be back here. But the TV experience is so much better of having fan. I mean, us sitting on our couch and not even having to do with – you know, whether uh, there's no fans there, there's, I, who would have thought it has that much of a difference? By the way, I think it kind of changes the perspective from a play uh, from some of these players. I remember this. This was a few months back. Markeith Morris was talking about, he's like, I don't care if there are fans in opposing arenas. We just want to, I don't care if they're all booing against us. We just want to play. So I just say that because I think the product is better. I think guys are obviously more motivated. So to answer your question, it is so much more entertaining um, having fans back. And I'm not even talking about going to an actual game. I'm talking about just sitting at home, the, the experience of just watching it from home. Look, when I went to that Dodger game a couple weeks ago, it was really nice to go to a Dodger game again. Don't get me wrong. I had a really good time, and everything about it was was great. But me and my family were kind of isolated. There's no one else around. There's no one else to get feel kind of that adrenaline, that rush of emotion, and just kind of sail along with the crowd. There, there's none of that, but we are. We're getting close. The point of all this is that they had an event yesterday at SoFi. Uh, a whole bunch of people came out. How Sean many McVay people you said? How many? How many? Thirty thousand is what they were wow. expecting. I don't know what the final count was, but around thirty thousand would be my guess. Um, which is great because I think, A, people want to see SoFi. B, people are very excited about the Rams and where, where they are heading into this season. Um, Sean McVay spoke at one point during this thing earlier, and he talked about how excited he is to have Matt Stafford um, with the team, and he's talking about how he's in a good mood. Let's take a listen to him talk about yeah. what he's been like since Matt Stafford has joined the Rams. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. So this guy, uh, he's a special guy. I think uh, one of the best ways that I can describe him, when you hear people that have been around him, there's a, there's a known confidence where when he walks into a room, you always feel his presence, but he's got a great humility about himself that everybody loves being around him. And, and he's one of those guys that I think is a true igniter. It makes everybody around him better. I feel like I've become a better coach in the few months that we've been able to spend together. And uh, we're looking forward to doing a lot of good things together. Okay. Shots so that, fired, that, buddy. Shots <laughs> fired. Whether you like it or well, not, shots fired. <laughs> Let's just go through it. I'm in a great mood. Yep. He's special. He mm-hmm. fills me with a great deal of confidence. He has a certain presence. He makes those around him better. He's a true igniter. Okay? That's nice things to say. He's also brand new. And the other guy that you just gave away a whole bunch of things to get someone else to take him off your hands, the question is going to be, hey, uh, does that mean that Jared Goff put you in a bad mood, that he's not special, that you didn't have confidence in him, that he didn't have a presence, that he was not an igniter, that he did not make those around him better. Mm-hmm. So that's the obvious part that you jump to. And it's normal. That Look, when player A leaves and player B comes in, there's always going to be a comparison. What I thought was interesting, Slee, is that McVeigh pretty quickly, again, yesterday, later in the day, but yesterday, had to kind of double back and try to clean up what he said, or at least he felt he liked like he needed to clean it up. Here's McVeigh later that very same day. You know, I, I hate that I even have to say this, but I think uh, I made a comment earlier that was definitely taken out of context. I am very excited. I have been in a good mood because of the confidence I have in this team, but by no means is that a slight to anybody, you know, like Jared, who has done a phenomenal job for the last four years here. You know, I, I hated that I even have to address that, but 
I do think out of respect for him and all the good things he's done, I am in a good mood, but that doesn't mean it's not because we're working together uh, or because of just Stafford exclusively. There's a lot of good things going on that I feel really good about and I'm confident about. So don't twist my words when I didn't say that. Okay. That's a tone that you don't hear very often from Sean McVay. Sean McVay's default setting since he's come to L.A. is incredibly energetic, incredibly positive, and incredibly forward-thinking, right? That, that this, I'm excited to be here. We got this going. We got that. He's just That's his persona, right? Yeah. Very up, positive, and confident and forward-looking. So first time I've ever heard Sean McVay sound a little exasperated, sound a little bit like, you guys are putting me in a position I don't want to be in. And I just think the tone of it, is what's so interesting to me because I think it's the very first time we've ever seen anything from Sean McVay where you could feel he's getting squeezed a little bit and it hasn't even started yet. Well, listen, and I'm not one. When he says don't take things, you know, don't twist my words, don't take things out of context. By the way, I I hate when that happens in our world, right, in the media world where you're just looking and you're fishing and you're searching. You're saying to yourself, can I find an angle here? And you know what? I'm going to assume he was saying this or assuming saying that. I'm not a fan of when that happens. I think in this specific instance, you had a couple days ago, uh, we had a topic earlier in the week about Jared Goff talking about how, you know, now he's in Detroit saying that they're giving him more of a role. He's got his opinion matters. Um, How are people not going to associate that with his time with the Rams? Just like in this case... How are people, when he's talking about how great Matt Stafford is, the confidence that he has in him, he goes all this, which, by the way, I know is coach speak and all that other stuff, but I think it's very easy to put some pieces together and say, okay, you don't have to talk about Jared Goff. You don't have to directly – you can indirectly be saying something, and I I don't even think he's trying to go out of his way to take a shot at Jared Goff. I don't believe that, but I think that – People are going to make that assumption based upon how the offseason went, based upon the trade that happened, and obviously Stafford coming here. I, I don't think it's a stretch to think that, wait a minute, was he was he saying all this stuff? Was there anything in the back of his mind thinking about Jared Goff? Yeah, no, no. I Look, what he said, I did not – I mean, your your initial reaction is always going to be, ooh, was that about Jared Goff? Anything about, no, not really. He's, he's got a new player, and he's very excited that he's here. Period. Full stop. That's it. That doesn't mean – I like him this much more because I hated the other guy. That I, I didn't get that. I get where other people would make the, the leap, and that's fine. And I get where Sean McVay would be bothered by that. That, that to me, isn't the crux of the issue. The, the issue, to me, is I've never heard Sean McVay with that tone of voice. I've never mm. heard – the only other time I've heard him exasperated. Exasperated. Like, I just – you know, basically, I don't want to say what I can't say on the radio, but bleep this. This this is this is stupid, and I'm not going to sit up here and tell a story that's not true anymore. Was when Jared Goff had another one of his disastrous multi interceptions, multi fumble games, and he went in front and said, um, "Our quarterback needs to be better." It was the first mm-hmm. time he'd ever been direct like that. Right? It always I need to do better. I need to call better plays. I put us in a bad position. I put us in some long situation. I put us in a. I put Jared in some spots where he wasn't going to have a good chance to succeed. He would take full responsibility. And then one time it was. Yeah, our quarterback needs to be better. We need to stop turning the ball over. And then fast forward the tape another couple of weeks, he was gone. So he, he had hit his breaking point, and it was kind of like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. This sounded a lot like that to me because it was so out of character for him. He's not a negative guy. He's a very positive up yeah. guy. But that before a game had been played, a pass had been thrown, and you just start to wonder, what if the Rams get off to a little bit of a bumpy start? Sure. Not, not impossible, right? 
Not they got a brand new quarterback in a brand new system. It could take a game or two or four or whatever it might be for everybody to kind of calm down. And what if they get off to a bad start and the, the, the we know what the noise is going to be, right? It's going to be, I thought Jared Goff was the problem. Well, he's not here anymore. Why does this look like this? What's this the reaction going to be then? This might be the first time, Trav, that we walk into a season where there's a lot of eyes on McVay. Right, like there's a lot of there's a lot of conversation about okay, well, if it was personnel before, if it was the quarterback before, we addressed it, right? And that's not that's not saying that Matt Stafford's gone on and won, uh, has been to three Super Bowls, and you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's been with a terrible organization. He's put up good personal numbers, but it's not like he has this long run in the postseason where you're like, oh yeah, that's the guy, hundred percent. But he's supposed to be a big upgrade. That's supposed to be the difference of what you had over the last couple of seasons with Jared Goff. So. The attention will go to the coach if things don't go well this year, and Sean McVay has kind of been able to avoid that for the the better part of his time in L.A. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. How how many games, Slee? But let, let, let's say yeah. – let, I don't want to put, paint a scenario that's unrealistic. The Rams are not going to come out of the gate and be 0-4. I mean, they're, they're too good. That's not going to happen. But let's say you're halfway through the season, or you know, now that there's 17 games, I guess there is no halfway point anymore. Let's say you're but, four and four, five and right. four, something like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you're, or even you know, five. Yeah, five and four is a good way of looking. You're five and four, and you're kind of just scuffling along. You're not out of it by any means, but you're not running away with it either. What's the takeaway? Because I don't think there's any question what it is. The, the takeaway is, I thought that McVeigh had this figured out if he could just get the right quarterback. The, the, it's not going to turn on Matt Stafford. The the the, the Criticism will not Agreed. be. Agreed. Hey, Matt Stafford wasn't very good in Detroit. It wasn't the Lions stink. Matt Stafford stinks. That's not going to be what it is. It's going to be, hey, McVeigh's got the wrong guy, and they gave away the store to get this guy. Now what? But this is uh, this is a spot that you want to be in. I actually think McVeigh will kind of flourish under some of this uh, some of this pressure. To be honest with you, I, I think this is. Good pressure for the Rams. Good pressure for McVay. Don't you want to be in this position? Don't you want to be in the conversation of uh, this? Is a bad example, but I'm gonna give you an example here. Let's say the Clippers for a quick second. We don't usually talk about the Clippers, right? So the Clippers get a lot of heat now because we thought they're supposed to have a better season. We're talking about how we're overrating them. If you're a franchise, you want to be in these predicaments. The Rams are different because the Rams actually have a legitimate chance again back to the Super Bowl, but there was also a lot of people that thought Clippers have a legitimate chance to make the NBA Finals. It's kind of the position that you want to be in, but the difference between the Clippers is this is a first-year head coach for Ty Lue, so he's got more window. For McVay, it's like you kind of got everything you were looking for. Now you're in a position to obviously make it happen. Now now it's a results-driven league. It's an incredibly tenuous position to put yourself in and I love that they did it I love that they went for it 100 percent an easy thing would have been hey we gave run it back million what do we sure. do we gave mm-hmm. him we're, we're stuck we gave him 100 million we don't have a first round draft pick forever because we gave him away to get him in the first place we're not going to do that again instead they said nope this piece doesn't work let's fix it let's go again I, I really admire the fact that that's how they went about it all right back to the Lakers big fix little tweak that's coming up next it's Travis and Slee 710 ESPN. You're a certified scuba dude. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. How are they giving these things out? It's honestly like they're passing them out as if you're getting a Vaughn's club card or something. Like, <laughs> you want to just give us your phone number. Give us your phone number. Here's a scuba gear. Here's a 60-pound tank that you're going to take 30, 30 feet deep in the middle of Catalina, and uh, hopefully you come back up, huh? Go get him, Tiger. Yeah, um, when, they, when the bubbles start coming up, you need to leave. That means it's out. You should probably surface at that point. I, I'm not kidding. As a certified scuba diver, there were times. My, is the tank on? Is it? <laughs> does somebody somebody want to grab the grab the back of the tank? <laughs> Have you ever been down there and seen something that could eat you? No, there's this uh, in Catalina. They got these. I don't know what, exactly what they're called, but they're a certain type of bass, and they're huge. Like, I'm talking humongous. And there was one time just you're going with, I think there was like maybe four or five of us, something along those lines. Typically when you're still, you, you got to go with a buddy. So, like, you can't ever go by yourself technically. Yes, That's how you're supposed idea. to do it. Um, but there's maybe four or five of us, and you're just kind of like churning a corner, and then all of a sudden I saw like a truck-sized bass. I'm like, that's it. No, it's over. Uh, this this is how, I, no, this is how we're going out. Hold on a second. I'm genuinely I'm literally truck-sized. Are they that big? Let me see. I, I want to see what the exact uh, – it was humongous, and I don't see, know – I don't know if it was because I was in the water I, that it seemed bigger, but in my head, I'm like, probably the size of a, a goldfish. <laughs> Oh, ah, ah, giant no, bass. I'm going to I'm going to find Look, you don't have to do you, you can. That's fine. I'd like to but here's what I know. If there's anything the size of a truck that's out there, I'm out. I'm just I know that whales are giant, but whales don't eat people unless you work at SeaWorld. So I I'm not really that worried about that. But it wasn't that size. That. It was. It definitely wasn't that size, but it was huge. And I'm just kind of sitting there. I'm like, this is it, Alan. This is how you decided you want to go out. You want to freaking be a scuba diver. <laughs> Guy goes oh. in the ocean once every four years, then all of a sudden thinks he's going to get scuba certified. I have a little bit of a guilty confession right now. I've got the uh, East Carolina Vanderbilt game on ESPN2 uh, right now. It's the college baseball super regionals. The, the winners of these little best of three series go to the College World Series in Omaha. And there's a dude pitching for Vanderbilt right now named Kumar Rocker, who might be the first pick in the draft. If he's not mm. the first pick in the draft, he'll be two or three. He's the son of a former NFL offensive lineman. He's gigantic, and he throws about 100 miles an hour. So if you like to be in on things before they happen on the big league level, flip on your TV and watch this dude because he's doing work. <laughs> he's amazing. You uh, So you watch college baseball, no problem. You could sit back all weekend and watch him. I can watch this all weekend long, and I probably will when I'm not actually at the baseball park with my son this weekend, but mm -hmm. I could watch my Gauchos play every day. I would never get sick of that. But if you're talking, you know, I don't know, UC Riverside against UC San Diego, I don't really need to see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but the rest of it for sure. All right, back to the Lakers. Um, So two schools of thought, right? Watching the games last night, watching Utah, watching the Clippers, we're going to get to see the Suns and the Nuggets again tonight. We know Luka. We know Lillard. There's just good players all throughout the West. Seeing the West, yep. Seeing, yep. Watching the West. I, I'll be honestly, the more I watch these teams in the playoffs that are left, the better I feel about where the Lakers are. And the more I'm telling myself the option number one that we talked about the other day, which is, you know what? 
The Lakers just had some really bad luck, and it wasn't meant to be. Short offseason, their two best guys were hurt at the worst possible time, and it just didn't come together. I don't know if you need to hit this thing with a wrecking ball and start over from the ground up other than LeBron and AD. I think maybe some smaller tweaks along the way to the supporting cast, get healthy, because I don't see anybody that's any better than the Lakers right now, assuming those two guys are right. Here's the problem. The problem is you can't play for the West because for the first time you got a very good chance that the better team is sitting in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn's doing what they're doing. Should have won yesterday, and James yeah, Harden sure. still hasn't been there. Harden still, James Harden is still not there. We're not talking like some random player that's okay. We're talking arguably top five player in the world has top not played sure. yeah. has not played yet in this series. So I say that because. Yeah, you could be the favorite in the Western Conference. Do you, do you think the Lakers, let me ask you this. If AD and LeBron were healthy and James Harden was healthy for Brooklyn, do you think Lakers win a championship this year? I think they got it. Well, I, the short answer is I don't know. But I, if you're telling me full-strength Brooklyn against mm-hmm. full-strength Lakers, toss-up. It gives toss, you, I, I don't think that the Lakers are outgunned. I don't think they get run out of the building. I think, I think, it, gives you, I think it gives you enough hesitation to say we got to get better. And and that's 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 the issue that I have with the squad that the Lakers have right now, and all these question marks about Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell and Andre Drummond, all these other players that are going to be available. The difficult part coming into this offseason was you never got to see a real run, so we never really got to see if all these guys were playing together, what the potential was, how good they are. So you can make a case of what you're saying and saying all you really need is a couple of tweaks. You can walk out of the Western Conference with what you have, and I don't actually disagree with that. But I made the, I tried making this case a couple of days ago, and I'll continue to make the case as we get case as we get into the off season. I think they need another top tier player. I'll take my chances with less type of role players, but more top heavy. I'd like to see them go after, you know, whether it's a Kyle Lowry or whether it's a DeMar DeRozan. Or I think they need another player like that rather than you have this just kind of pool of really decent role players. So with that in mind, and Taylor, grab the um, Stephen A. Smith sound talking about Chris Paul here, that Stephen A. was on his show this morning talking about how he still thinks there's a scenario where the Chris Paul to L.A. thing may actually come to be. Do I think there's a a possibility he could end up in L.A.? Yes, but I will tell you, he's very, very happy in Phoenix. He's very, very happy with Monty Williams and his coaching staff and the sensational job that they've done, the young talent that he's been schooling. They're very happy with him. He's very happy with them. So it would take a lot for him to leave. Uh, But if there's one place that could get him, it would be L.A. But that's more so because of personal reasons than basketball reasons. Okay, so let's pick that up right well, there. And basketball reasons. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I get the personal part. He and LeBron are very close. right? They're very close. Mm-hmm. So I get the personal Also, side. guys, his family still lives in L.A. Yeah. No, he, look, he's an L.A. guy, right? I mean, I, I think that – I mean, I know he's from North Carolina, but he's, he's an L.A. guy. He and LeBron are, you know, like brothers. I get it. The basketball piece makes – I mean, if, if, you, if you shot – Chris Paul in the neck with truth serum, right? Like the guy from um, old school. You got a dart in your neck. That guy, right? If you if you did that and you said, would you rather – do you think you have a better chance of winning a title with DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker sure. or Anthony Davis and LeBron James? He'd tell you it's the Lakers. The basketball fits better too. The question is, can you get it done? Can, can you find a way to pay him what he probably would need to get paid or is he willing to take a huge haircut to come and do this? 
Well, th- th- this is I'm, – I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, Lakers got a shot on Chris Paul. I get the angle. I get all that. But do you see what I'm trying to say as far as give me a player that's further down in their career. Maybe they were an all-star at one point. Chris Paul's a bad example because that dude is still – absolutely balling probably one of the more underappreciated players in the NBA and I know that kind of sounds weird but think about how many different franchises he's helped turn around even though he has not won an NBA championship or got to the NBA finals but that's why that that's the point that I'm making Trav go get somebody a little bit go get that guy that used to be an all-star maybe you got to overpay a little bit I don't care if they're 33 34 35 years old I don't care because would you I, overpay Chris Paul knowing that it's probably going to have some bad put it put you this way and it's not the it's not apples to apples but it's yeah. apples it's red apples to green what, apples. what's overpay give me a number like what's over I'm not going to give you a number I'm going to give okay. you a scenario mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a scenario similar to what the Angels did with Albert Pujols you know it's going to end bad you know that you're going to have a guy on your team making a ton of money who really isn't the guy that you signed up for in the first place. The difference being that if you're the Lakers, you're gambling that you get the good half, or not even the half, the good part at the beginning. If you said, I gotta, you got to give me three years of Chris Paul, but in year one we're going to get one, and then year two and three it's going to be a wreck. Do you do it? This is, this is why – you know, the Lakers' position are so fascinating. This is why I'm kind of trying to sit back here and tell you that I, I don't think you can have this these young talent on this Lakers team. LeBron is coming into his 19th year. Trap, if you're not pushing everything to the front here for this next year coming up, you know, what, what's going to what's going to come of it when you got the Brooklyn Nets that are only going to get better, only going to get stronger? You got other teams in the Western Conference that are going to get better. I'm just, I'm not a fan of waiting here or thinking a couple years down the road that's that's tough to do so i would probably roll the dice on something like that big tweaks or little tweaks 877-710-ESPN if you want to get in and give us your opinion we would love to hear it you can send us the tweets as well at travis rogers at alan sliwa we'll do those plus the ask sleaze are still kind of trickling in we'll get to all that and then staying with chris paul for a second get enough credit or getting way too much that's next travis and slee 710 espn Kind of talking myself into the uh, taco supreme burrito supreme. Don't 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 sleep on the original taco. One sec. Taco well, the hook is coming right now. One second. <laughs> mm. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the part that makes you tap your foot when you're mm. just kind of sitting in your chair feeling it. The lyrics is what gets me. That's It's always <laughs> the, the meaning of the song is what gets me. That's all I got. That's the best I could do. I I, I got nothing after that. I, I tried hitting you with two, and that's that's all I have. <laughs> You're out at that point. Here's one more. Ask Slee a little bit uh, uh, behind the curve, but that's fine. Who does Slee hate more? Remember, Slee hate is healing. The okay. guy who started the Murphy bed rumor or Paul George? <laughs> Here's the only thing. I feel bad on the Murphy bed rumor because there's like I wish I had something to play off. Of. I got nothing to play off of it. I, I, I could only do so much to try and uh, you know promote it, but you, you I just don't have a Murphy a bed. You could upgrade to a futon. A I, couch, do like, the, I, I do like I do I do like when we talk about the cranking. We're like just kind of we just we just I, I sit like there. That. 
just, hey, just kind of talk, talking to a girl. She's over. You know, things are starting to, you know, you kind of feel like the vibe <laughs> yeah. is going well. Yeah, it's like, heating up a little bit. Yeah, why don't you go, go sit over there. Go watch something on TV for a half hour. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Has any human being ever gotten a good night's sleep on one of those couches that folds out? Has that has that ever happened in the history of the world? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I've done this before where I'll go, you know, get Airbnb or something. I'm with a big group, you know, just a family or whatever the case is, and I'm always taking one for the team. I'm like, all right, I'll sleep on the ground, whatever, or I'll sleep on this couch or food. Those things are by far the most uncomfortable. How are the springs where they're located? Like the, <laughs> the fact that they're jabbing me in the hip and on the side, it's like how – who bought this? You'd be better sleeping on the roof or in the street. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a bad deal. All right, so we're spending a little time talking about Chris Paul, and it's interesting to see how this is shaken out, Slee, because he clearly, when he got healthy, after he screwed up his shoulder, yep, he was, he was not Chris Paul. Yeah, we don't talk. By the way, we don't talk about that enough. We, we just sit here and talk about AD. That, that is, they didn't have Chris Paul for virtually the first three games, right? Mm-hmm. And and once he started to look like Chris Paul again, that series was pretty lopsided, if we're mm-hmm. being honest. Um, he's looked great in the the last game he had with you know triple double with no turnovers. It was just a tremendous performance. Easy for me to say. Um, but when you look at Chris Paul's overall resume, he has you know a trip to the conference finals with the Rockets a couple years ago. They had the Warriors on the ropes and they they couldn't get it done. But don't don't go don't don't just go right over that one. That was why. Think think about that Warriors team. It was such just a ridiculous team. I, nobody has any chance against the Warriors. They just don't. I mean, once Kevin Durant came, it was like, literally, why are we even playing these next couple of years? This is a waste mm-hmm. of time. They took the Warriors to seven games. That's not a small feat. And that's Chris Paul and no. James Harden. And it's Chris Paul going down with a hamstring injury and couldn't play in game seven. So that's why I say don't just kind of brush over that one because that was a pretty amazing accomplishment that they were that close to taking down potentially KD and the Warriors. Here's exactly why I'm going to over it, because that's just sports, man, right? Just just like the Lakers, I mean, when whoever it is, whether it's the Suns or the Jazz or the Nets or whoever, no one's going to say, yeah, but LeBron and AD weren't right. It, it's They won the championship, and, and that's the way that it goes. The, you're, you're, to your point, an incredible amount of credit for giving the Warriors the business the way that they did to get that and series. And that's all I'm saying. That that's all did. I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying anything more than that. But – that also wasn't his only season in the league. He's been in the league a long time. And really, with that exception, what are we talking about? And yet we talk about him like he's a dude. We talk about him, one of the great leaders. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. What I'm saying is he, he seems to get a certain level of credit and respect and admiration despite the fact that his resume, I'm talking playoff resume, is relatively thin. I, uh, I, I'm going to probably say that I think the way we talk about him is fair. I think what we say about you're going to criticize Chris Paul. There's going to be certain things that you're going to kind of talk about and say, well, why should we give him that much credit? Maybe I kind of – maybe I go a little bit too far and say, well, listen, he took an OKC team that was nothing changed around their franchise. The Suns got a chance to get to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't even make the playoffs last year before he got there. So I think we're probably somewhere in the middle. Bottom line is the guy's top five in assists all time. Right, eventually LeBron will pass him, I think. But he's top five in assists all time. Um, we'll go down as one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. But there will always be a but. There's always going to be, 
what he could get classified into that um, he'll be classified if he doesn't win an NBA championship as one of the greatest players to not win a championship. And there's plenty of players uh, that are like that, and I don't think that's overdoing it or overstating it. Patrick Ewing, for instance, Charles Barkley, these guys, mm-hmm. Reggie Miller, right? These other guys that are on that list of great Hall of Fame John players, Stockton, Carl Malone. John Stockton, Malone, mm-hmm. Miller, uh, Barkley, Ewing, all th- those guys, right? They were in the finals. They got close over and over and over again. If they weren't getting to the finals every year, they were getting into the conference finals. Chris Paul hasn't. Chris Paul's resume isn't that. Mm-hmm. It's not. You know whose resume is. You know. Who, let me flip this a little bit. You know who is putting together a Chris Paul type of resume right now? And again, kind of the same idea where we talk about him one way when the reality of the results are very different. Giannis. Giannis is a two-time MVP. We all look at Giannis as a megastar in this league, and I, yeah, we probably should. Giannis's resume in the playoffs is really pedestrian. The question, like the question for Giannis, when they, when they the question for Brooklyn, Giannis is going to be in seven years because Chris Paul is so much older than him. Yep. So if no, he continues this trend, yep. Yeah, Giannis is doing a Chris Paul, not the other way around because of the time, like you mentioned. But like watching it last night, like, Giannis answered the bell, dude. It's the second round. Mm-hmm. Chill out. You're down two to one. You're down 2-1 to because Kyrie kind of just disappeared, and that was a weird. We'll get to that at some point. But Kevin Durant missed a shot at the buzzer. I mean, it's not like Giannis went out there and destroyed everybody. He didn't go out there and do a Luka. And yet it's like, oh, you know, Giannis, man. Why? And and Chris Paul's kind of like that. They're great players, but let's be careful about who we put in the category with Durant, with Curry, with LeBron, with those sort of guys. Those guys are different. And And I don't put them in that category. We were just talking about this. What if Chris Paul came to the Lakers in the offseason? What if he decided, hey, I want to take less money. I want to go try to chase an NBA championship. I want to play with LeBron. I want to play with Anthony Davis. That's the part that I would say more than anything else, Trav. The one thing that I would say about Chris Paul is if he's the best player on your team, yeah, you're probably in trouble, Mm -hmm. right? You're only going to go so far. But what I think what he's done so well, which I give him credit for, he's kind of walked into franchises and organizations and turned things around. I think his problem is more when he's not the – main focus or the main guy everybody's not listening to him i think that's what hurt him when he was with the clippers and that's what makes the phoenix sun so dangerous because he's the he's the backbone of it but yep. he doesn't have to be the best player that's devin booker devin booker's the best player on that team but paul's kind of the one that makes it all go so slee if we're the uh max pregame show yep if that's could, could we not look at it that the uh, max show is the continuation of the dump Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. If we're, I mean, if, hmm. Could that not be the way that we live? If the last thing that we do is that. Kind of transition it. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think if we're the pre, Mesa in Ireland is the post. Uh-huh. What's Keyshawn, uh, Zubin, uh, J. Will and Zubin? What, what is that? Is that like a... That's the old Travis and Slee at night show. <laughs> <laughs> That just kind of you know just kind of in the middle of the, in the middle of the night and that just kind of keeps going just yeah. kind of keeps going yeah we just we've just kind of flipped the entire clock along the well, way well technically that's our pregame show 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's right, Funch. That's a much better answer. Do you send them the rundown before, (laughs) so they have something kind of an idea of where we're going? Well, as a as a fellow um, national talk radio guest, we're we're all just kind of we're all in communication at all times. How many times? How many how many times you been on there now? Uh, Five still. Five. I I decided that you know they need to take a little break, and I just didn't want to give too too much of me would probably not be a good thing. I never told you this. The Thursday, Lakers lost a little over a week ago, uh-huh. right? I got a text message from Evan. Okay. Okay. Evan is a producer for that show and said, yes. hey, can you come on, talk about the Lakers? Guess what time I was on? Oh, I, I, was it like 3 o'clock in the morning? So I'm number two now. I have, <laughs> I, have, I have my second guest appearance at one and a half because you said the first one was, was on Memorial yeah, none Day. none of the regulars were there. None of the so regulars were there, so it counts as a half. So I'm one and a half national appearance. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. By the his, way, his text said 3.30 Pacific time. I was in a window. By the way, I'm not going to say no. I was in this window where I, I got home around 1.30. Yeah. I got home at 1.30, and I just tried staying up. I did tried staying up, was eating everything. It just kind of like was like, yeah, just celebrate, celebrate. So I, I, I went to about 2.45, fell asleep, alarm went off at 3.15. I was incredibly confused and then that that same morning that's when i was doing the show with clinton <laughs> yeah, that was the day right. that you were gone so the word you used is the right one that that you've been asleep you've been up way too long yeah and then you fall asleep for like 45 minutes or an hour it's the worst they, it's the it's the confusion you're like wait what's going on this yep. is the house on fire like wh- yeah. why is that going off i there's there's no possible legitimate reason for me having to be up right now and it's like oh right i gotta go do that radio show i woke up and you know six minutes later i'm like well you know kuzma's gotta he's got it's it's one of those things where he's gotta just his contract they're like what all right, so they're having meetings, the college football powers that be. Yep. Um, it took us, what, 100 years to get to the point where we stopped doing bowl games as the determiner of the national championship to where we had a little mini tournament. We had a four-team tournament. By the way, from that moment, everybody knew, you know, you already started hearing, like, okay, isn't eight the right number? Like, you, you were already trying to see, okay, will this thing expand? We're getting closer to that. Yeah, it, you're exactly right. The second you had a tournament, it was, now the question it was, like, was how step big one. are we going to make mm-hmm. it? Look, the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament, the basketball one, it used to be 16 teams. It mm-hmm. used to be only conference champions. You know, for a long time, UCLA was the number one team in college basketball, right? Through the 60s and early part of the 70s, John Wooden would win it every year. The second best team in the country in almost all of those seasons, believe it or not, was USC. Hmm. They were the they can they couldn't get into the tournament because of the way that it was formatted. Hmm. So it expanded. That's where we are right now. The expansion Which which the by the way, that expansion of college, would you agree for basketball, kind of ridiculous now. Like now it's such a it it, it, it made the regular season incredibly unimportant right there's no point of the regular season i i think it's too many teams now but it's it's part of the part i of the agree with of you that there are too many teams but i don't think that's the reason that the regular season is unimportant the reason the regular season is unimportant is we don't know a single one of the players mm-hmm. that that that's the bigger issue that the very best players they're gone are, are in college basketball for about five minutes and then yep. they go to the nba mm-hmm. that before when you got a chance to watch you know I don't know, Greg Anthony or Christian Leitner or Grant Hill or any of these guys play, you're like, okay, I either like this guy or I hate this guy. I want him you to, got win, to know him to lose. You got to know mm-hmm. him. There's some background there. So the football thing is interesting because right now, here, here's what it is. The SEC champion's going to go. The Big Ten champion's going to go. 
the Big 12 champion might go, the Pac-12 champion might go, and then you're probably going to get a second SEC team in there. That's the way that it's been more often than not. You need to expand it because you need to make sure that more teams get in. I get it. But they're talking about skipping past eight, Slee, and going straight to 12. So basically what you'd have is you'd have the five power conferences in automatically. Mm -hmm. Then you take the other one from the group of five, right, or or maybe a couple. So that brings you to seven or so. And now you've got space for five more at-larges. Here's the problem. I know everybody that right, can I just, let me let me just explain it. So six highest ranked conference champions plus the six highest ranked other teams as determined by college football playoff selection committee. Okay. Perfect. Here's the trouble. You know what you're gonna get then? You're gonna get an SEC champion. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get no, an SEC conference. You're gonna have an SEC tournament. Yeah. Because you're you're gonna have USC or Oregon come out of the Pac twelve. Yep. You're gonna have Texas or Oklahoma or whoever come out of the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Clemson's gonna come out of the ACC. Ohio State's gonna come out of the Big Ten. And you have Alabama, Georgia, LSU, whoever else is having Auburn. a good year. Sure. Auburn, Florida, Auburn. take your pick. You're gonna have half of the bracket is gonna be SEC teams. Does that really get us what we want? I don't I'm not think mad. That it does. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm really not because I, I think the fact that you got more teams, what what this is going to do is going to kind of put the Pac-12 on notice in the sense of you'll either come through or you'll just get demolished, which is fine. That's you know what that's the reality of the situation. So I know, Trav, I know you're you're grimacing there. Yeah. But but that's hey, th- this is what what are you going to do? What's the other option? The other option is going to be that you don't get into the tournament or you're, you're always kind of talked about. You get one Pac-12 team in, mm-hmm. they uh, disappoint, which can still be the case, but I-, I like the fact that we just get more teams that get in and then it's up to these other conferences to pick up their game. Two quick things. Number one, the Pac-12 would get in under this scenario, but what it might do, it's not, hey, you know, if we lose, we lose. What it might do is it might really expose how far I was going to say, it, it, might get, it, it, it might expose it, them to where maybe a lot of these other athletes are saying, you know, I'm not going to the Pac-12. It's not going to help me. What if the fifth place team in the SEC comes in and pulls down USC's pants? Then, would you be what? surprised? No. I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're playing. They're basically playing NFL games every weekend. Right. Right, so now all of a sudden you have a team that, that now you say, well, Oregon or SC, well, they're the best in our – yeah, but they'd finish seventh in the mm-hmm. SEC. We don't need proof of that. We can argue that that wouldn't be true. If there's proof of that, that's a problem. The only way you get back into it, do what the SEC does. Cheat like crazy. Do whatever you have to do. Build professional sports franchises in the Pac-12 the way that they've done in the SEC. It's your only – because if you think you're going to out-recruit Nick Saban in Alabama, you're wrong. You're not. If you think you're going to out-recruit and draw and and scheme Ohio State, you're not. You're wrong. You need to get on their level. You're not going to do it your way or just be happy playing in the Rose Bowl. Simply put, Travis's idea, just cheat. That's all you you got to do. Just cheat. When in doubt, cheat. Cheat. The dump coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. All right, Slee, let's jump right into this. It was a busy day in history for classic movies to be released. June 11th, 1982, E.T., came out in theaters. I was you there. an E.T. phone home sort of guy? No, I'm really not. Screw that guy. They should have left him in the forest to die. I don't lot, care about E.T. <laughs> a lot of those types of movies, I wasn't crazy. Like, were you, uh, were you Lord of the Rings? No. No. Were you, you – you've already told me. I think you were big in Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I would, I was a Star Wars kid for sure. Yeah, none of those really did anything for me. 
So when when ET was crying and he touched his little glowing finger to Drew yeah. Barrymore's finger and they shared mm-hmm. that moment of yeah. of you know true love between two different creatures just mm-hmm. experiencing the world together, yeah. you were like, get out of here, bozo. We don't <laughs> need you moving. here. Don't forget Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces came out in that movie too. <laughs> That's right. Those were good. Those were pretty good. That's actually wanted- the best thing that came out. Now I, I would say keep it moving. All right, we don't got time for this. All right. <laughs> Well, they're in San Diego. You're going to meet them soon. See, this is where you just made. Oh, a I'm, I've been going down. They're listening. I've been going down the rabbit hole of all this, <laughs> all the alien sightings in San uh-huh. Diego, which I'm uh-huh. in San Diego for the weekend. There's a lot going, uh, a lot going on here uh, behind the scenes. I'm watching too much of that stuff. The lead alien just went. Alan Sliwa, not a fan. All right, we're going to start with him. Just so you're listening, aliens. I was a big ET guy. Phone home and please leave me alone. They don't have to do anything. They just have me go on another scuba expedition, and that should take care of itself. Okay, another movie that came out June 11th. This one was in 1986, a iconic movie that a lot of people love that I cannot stand. You ready? Really? Yes. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You're not a fan of that movie? No. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Trav. Ferris Bueller's a bad guy. That's He's a, a bad great guy. movie. That's no, a great he's a movie. He's, he's a, he lies to his parents. Mm-hmm. He's a truant. He ste- he's a, an auto thief. He makes his friends do stuff that they don't he want to do. He bullies Cameron into mm-hmm. stealing his father's car. You just talked about how long ago, it was four minutes ago, that you said, if you're USC, you just got to start cheating. Yeah, no, you should. <laughs> Winning football games is more important than having a fun day in <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> By the way, by, is is Ferris Bueller's Day off? Is that not always on when you were uh, in high school or something like that? Like at ten a.m. It was like oh, it was always on like a certain time. I'm like everybody's ditching school or they're too, sick. It's, it's right, on it's at that time. School. By yeah. the way, Sloane Peterson, pretty big fan of old Sloane. She uh, she seemed like a, a cool hang. I liked yeah. her a lot. But yeah, um, yeah that movie I, I just never like. The, First of all, he's singing and dancing on a float and making it about him, and nobody goes, swing, batter. No one's ever done that at a baseball game. Ferris Bueller is a fraud. Can't stand that guy. Can't stand him. All right, June 11th, 1997, Michael Jordan's famous flu game. Remember that mm-hmm. one, Slee, where he had to be carried off the court after he had been uh, up all night gambling and partying? I mean, he had the flu. Wasn't that what, wasn't it in the last dance, Funches? Wasn't it? Was the, it food poisoning? It was food poisoning. Like a, That's a, what they claimed pizza. that it was. A bad pizza. And uh-huh. the guy that came and delivered it, and then that guy all of a sudden was starting to get interviews and – I, I don't know if we uh, if we uncovered something in the you, last dance or Lakers it was talk? all or it was all just BS because he was probably doing what you were saying. Oh, it came look, through. It came it, through the he, game. He won the game. He, he played really well. Whether it was a bad slice of pepperoni or he'd been out too late the night before, who cares? They still won. He, he, they still won, and another page of the the Michael Jordan legend took place. All right, Cam Newton has a nickname for a rookie, at least at this point, backup quarterback Mac Jones. Okay. Care to take a guess what that might be, Slee? So I, I saw Funches. Uh, Funches told me about it. So it's Mac and Cheese? Mac and Cheese? Mac, mac and Cheese, because his name is Mac Jones. What's wrong yeah. with that? Well, no, no, no. Don't, don't. No, keep, keep uh, it going. That's that, right. Why is that crickets? Because it's not funny or interesting or creative. It's I think so. It's... Does anybody call Cam Newton Fig Newton? No, because that's really, really stupid. Well, Fig that's Newton clever. is different than Mac and Cheese. Okay, no, they're both Mac food. and Cheese is a different class than Fig. And, Newton. By the way, they're, no they're one wants to be called Fig Newton on a fo- on a football field. Okay, Fig. Hey, Figgy, we got to got to read that defense better. Figgy, how do you not see that linebacker come underneath the coverage? Hey, Fig, 
What Listen. if it was Big Mac? What if it was Big Mac? Would you like? No, you can't. Big Mac Big is Mac. a little better because it kind of cuts both ways. But mm-hmm. mac and cheese, the only good part about That's that is one. both mac and cheese and Fig Newtons are both pretty darn good. You can't go wrong. How do they find the podcast, Lee? ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. All five shows this week will be sitting there. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you at 8.55 Monday morning. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.